Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu with you. Joining me always, Blake Harrison. Uh, bright and breezy on a very early Monday morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. We're, where I normally record is uh, getting decorated now, so my house mm. is a complete mess, and I'm, I'm in the living room. So hopefully the sound is not going to be too horrendous. It's going to be okay. Yeah. See, I understand that, like, if, if you look at me, like, I'm, I'm a man's man, whereas, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're an actor. Do you know what I mean? You're all about the arts. And, like, you oh, know, yeah. I, I, I see, you know, you mentioned beforehand the uh the decorators had come in and you wanted to have some like nice nice wallpaper uh and you bought one roll so i said this to you in confidence <laughs> while we weren't recording and I'm now never, you like, well, that to myself, mate. so yeah so i, I bought one roll thinking oh that'll do that's a roll isn't it that's, that's, all the rolls cover a wall yeah that's, that's how that works right one roll equals one wall that's yeah. how that works Oh, and uh, but apparently not. Apparently, no. I should have got two. And uh, the guys here doing it now, and it's like, well, I can't really do much with this. And I'm like, yeah, sorry, <laughs> I can't really go and sort this out either because I'm recording with Stu, and then I'm doing something else. So, uh, oh, ooh, dear, oh dear, it's, it's well, a problem. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about um, what you've been up to. I mean, you know, my, my life's very, very dull. Um, but but you was looking very handsome the other night, mate. All done up, weren't you? Stop it, babes. Stop well. it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was at the uh, Vanity Fair EE Rising, BAFTA EE Rising Star party wow. thing. Nice. It was very nice. It was very good. Um, caught up with your old mate, didn't you? Caught up with my old mate, Emily Atak, uh, which was lovely, as well as a few others as well. That's, it. That's the thing. I used to go to those events. And it's so funny because I used to go to those events and just be like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like... I don't know anyone. It's what are you meant to do at them things? What what is the like the rules? I mean, they're still they're still slightly awkward, but the reason I find them a little bit better now is because I'm getting old, <laughs> and so <laughs> I've worked with people. So I'll go, hey, I haven't worked with you for seven years. How have you been in the last seven years? Because that's how our industry works: is yeah. you work with each other in these really intense pockets of time. Uh, get to know each other really well, and then don't see each other again until you bump into each other. Like, yeah. That's just how the acting industry seems to work majority of the time. So there was someone I hadn't seen for seven years. Then there was Ashley Roberts, uh, former Pussycat Doll, who I did uh, Waitress with about three and a half years ago. Chat to her. And Emily Atak I hadn't seen for a while. So Shout out Emily's ago. recent TV show as well. What, what an incredible uh, bit of television that, that is. That really was good. I can't remember the actual name of, of, no, of the show. No, it me. Obviously, it, it deals with um, all of the re- just awful, horrendous messages that she gets sent on a daily basis. Uh, it can be dick pics or it can be very graphic people graphically telling her what they want to do to her and yeah i just don't get i don't understand i don't understand it like why yeah I, there's there's never been a time in my life where i thought oh you know this person that i've never met and don't know and but i can contact them on like social media i want to tell them all sorts of horrible stuff i want to do to yeah them. it's just it, 
I don't, it's under, very I don't understand weird, the, the logic. But like, what? What are you? I don't understand what you're gaining yeah. from it, really. It, but, it, um, yeah, that that show endless. kind of is, is, it comes from that angle, really. It's like, why? Like, why would yeah. you do this? And it, it, it's yeah, it's a powerful bit of television. And she's you know, and props to to Emily Atak for doing that because she's so yeah honest and open about it. And mm-hmm. you know, with her mum as well. And like, and, and, you yeah. know, that that's got to be an awkward situation to you know for for, for to, to to enter into. And yeah, props. 100%. I thought it was a really you know, as having you know teenage daughters and stuff. It's it it, it yeah. really kind of. You know, you think you're a man of the world, and you think you know all these things that go on. And I watched that, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like that's uh, that's brutal." But yeah, so I definitely recommend watching that. But mate, you looked very, very cool. Well, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, I appreciate that. What What have you been up to? What's been going on in your life? When I watched a musical yesterday. Oh yeah, uh, what was that? I went and watched the Tina Turner. Uh, musical yesterday. <laughs> can, can we just remind people, you are listening to the MMA Family <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> We've been talking about documentary. Well, uh, we're having a catch-up, aren't we? Event, and now the Tina Turner musical. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I don't know. It was good. Um, but um, but I guess to kind of pull it back on track a little bit, um, there's been loads going on. And, and obviously today we're going to be talking about uh, everything that's going to be coming your way at uh, UFC 284. But I think we can't not... You know, any any mention of the words UFC and the words of Conor McGregor gets brought up. And on the last show, we were talking about the rumours of, of yep. him being part of, of the new series of Tough. And we was going through who we'd like to see as team captains. Michael Chandler was obviously one of those in the mix. Me and you both said we'd prefer to see Tony Ferguson. But it's come to, come to light last week that it's going to be... Connor, and it's going to be Michael Chandler. Yeah, um, I think I think maybe it's the right choice. I don't know. I, I still think I would have liked to seen Tony, just because I want to see. In my head, I really want to see Connor in a really competitive fight when yep. he comes back, and I worry that Chandler might be a bit much for him. Um, having said that. I think it'd be a decent build-up, and I think it will be, for however long it lasts, a really fun fight. Because if Chandler's smart, he will try and wrestle early. A bit like Poirier did in the McGregor-Poirier 2 fight. I think he wrestled early, tired Connor out a little bit, and then was able to box him up. And that's what I think Chandler should do. But Chandler, since he's joined the UFC, he's not about what he should do. He's about, let me just do these fun, wacky, crazy... Let me bang, bro. (laughs) Let me bang, bro. Um, I mean, he did a little bit of it in his Poirier fight, not that it helped him too much. But um, that's what I think the smart plan would be. But the... uh, the thing is, is that he's... I can just see him coming out, swanging and banging, and... Connor maybe landing a good left hand or, or something like that, and and it makes the fight really interesting. He's a sniper; um, he'll pick him. He will pick him off if that happens. There, there's a but, good, big chance of that, but we don't know what's coming back from Connor McGregor, do we, we? We don't. We don't know what Connor's coming back. He's he's also the other thing is Connor's not even in the USADA testing pool yet. Got to get he, moving on that, really, hasn't he? He's probably got to get moving. I mean, the size of his neck would dictate that he probably doesn't want to do a test for a little while. Mm. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. But, yeah, so I think I think the, the show shoots from kind of May till August, so I don't think it will come out until maybe for quite a while. I, I think it won't be out till towards the end of the year, maybe. And then, or does it shoot then or does it air then? Maybe it airs then, I'm not sure. But either way, I don't think we'll actually see McGregor Chandler for a while and there's usually a New York card a Madison Square Garden card usually in November and then they do a massive card kind of usually in like late December towards New Year's Eve I reckon they'll be going for one of those as the card that they're actually fighting on but who knows so do you think we're not going to see Michael Chandler this year until that fight 100% wow Mm. 100% he's not going to risk fighting anyone else it's like this is the money fight and good on Michael Chandler like 
I think Chandler's a really great guy. We've seen how he's dealt well with losses. He does those funny things with the ice pack and he talks to his kids and all like that. And then he's got two adopted kids as well. And I think, you know, I asked him that that question. At, um, was it the, the, the UFC London? In, was it in July, I think yeah. it was? And, uh, and he gave such a wonderful answer about just, you know, uh, the, 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 the lack of balance that there is between when you're trying to be the best dad you can be but also being an elite level athlete and you have to just yeah. accept the fact that there is no balance and you just do what's right in, in, in the moment. And I felt like that was a really great thing. And I think there's probably a lot of parents listening to this show that would go, you know, I'm, I'm trying to achieve my goals or do my career, earn enough money, all that kind of stuff. But also I want to be the best parent I can be. And sometimes, you know, you, you struggle, you know, you've got work to do and things to do to make life better for your family overall, but your kids, they're going, Mummy or daddy, play with me, do this, do that. And you're like, oh, I feel guilty because I'm not, but I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm also doing it for you. And, and I, I think his answer, which is uh, on our socials, I think you can check that out. Um, it was, was really inspiring. And just, you know, don't put that pressure on yourself. There is no balance. You just do what's right in the moment. And, and mm. you, you know, at different times is the right thing. But, um, but I mean, what a, what a time is that in the UFC? Yeah. What, I, mean, I mean, go on. Uh, what I love about him is it doesn't matter if he loses. Because everybody's just like, and I'm talking not the Conifer, I'm talking in general, because, you know, he's got some losses, but, oh my God, like, he's just one of them, if not the most exciting fighter in the UFC. Like, who's more exciting to watch? Probably Gaethje. Yeah, but very, very but, similar mean, styles. He, he's, up, he's up there. Like, yeah. yeah. But they've both sure. got that, let's just, let's have some fireworks. And... Mm. And they're all prepared to, to, you know, to to eat one to get one off. And I think that's like, it's probably not. We, we've seen Gaethje, I guess, be a little bit more measured now. I think you know experiences, but but when he come into the UFC, much like Michael Chandler, it was like, right, we ain't taking a backward step. Yeah. We are throwing, and you know, win or and lose. Do you know what? To his credit as well, Connor. Like, I know there's a lot of negative things you can say about Connor. Never in a boring particularly, fight. Particularly outside of the cage, you know, it's all well documented. But you put him in the cage, and it's it's kind of a get or get got type situation with, with Connor. He's, yeah. he's going for the knockout, but as we've seen with the Poirier fight, I mean, it was bad luck with that last one with the bad broken leg and everything. But, you know, he, he goes to finish fights, and yeah. sometimes he gets finished. And so you're hard pushed to find a more exciting fighter than Conor McGregor as well, you know? So I, I think that round, that fight does not see a third round. I yeah. think you, you, you don't get to the end of round two in that fight. We, it's going to be a, you, we, knocked out. We presume it's going to be three or five. Oh, it'll be a five round fight. It'll yeah. be a headline of a pay-per-view, but I don't think you're going to even need three rounds. <laughs> That's yeah. I think two rounds is all you need with these two. And I would lean Michael Chandler just because we don't know what Connor's coming back. But God, if, if Connor wins and beats Michael Chandler, I, I'm not actually looking at the, the rankings or anything yet. I don't know where Chandler's ranked, but he's got to be in the top 10. Oh yeah. If Connor gets a win against Chandler. Oh, of course well, he gets the shot. Of course he does. 100%. So, 100%. Know, these things happen, but... But yeah, Chandler has smashed it. Chandler mm. might have the best kind of like journey into the UFC that we've ever seen. Mm. Like the fact that he's just come in, he was a stand-in to fight for a belt, I think, initially. Mm. Then he fought, was it Dan Hooker in his first fight? Knocked him out. Mm. Then he fought Oliveira. So close to winning the belt. So close. And then Oliveira came back. Then he's fought, and, and both of those fights are very exciting. Then Gaethje was a really exciting fight. Poirier was a really exciting fight. Tony Ferguson, he got like one of the knockouts of the year that year with that front. One of the knockout, best knockouts ever. It was crazy. And now he's getting the red panty night against Connor. I mean, mm. you couldn't have planned it much better. I know he probably would have been like, oh, I would have liked to have won a bit more than I've lost and stuff. But Was Dan Hooker his first fight? I think so. In the oh. UFC, yeah. And he's oh. come over as like a champion, a former champion in Bellator in his like mid-ish 30s. Mm. What a run. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Absolutely. Run. And you're going to so get the you're going to get the payday. 
going to get that payday and then he can do what he wants. After that fight, if he wins, maybe he can call for a title shot just after beating Conor because he's going to be such a big name. I don't know. Again, meritocracy out the window when you talk about Conor McGregor and mm. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, if he wants to retire after that payday, God, I, I wouldn't blame him at all. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of retirement, uh, and you, you touched on Bellator, there saw Fedor retire at the weekend. Yeah. Um, did you see the, the the footage of when uh, he was in the in the ring? Who they brought in? No, but I knew who was around. I haven't actually watched it. I'm not going to lie, but I knew that they had people like Randy Couture and Dan Henderson and uh, Chuck Liddell all kind of like watching. Yeah, Rampage. Um, oh God! Like literally. Uh, uh, Gracie, like there was so many legends in there. It was like, holy shit, where is like literally it was a who's who, and uh, what a you know, an, an incredible end to a you know, a, a, a career of you know, an absolute legend that unfortunately we never got to see, you know, in uh, with them UFC gloves on, which would have been mm. you know, a very exciting uh prospect, but you know, all done and dusted, but uh, yeah. Uh, what 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 an absolute ledge! But yeah, so going back to uh, tough as you, as we might, we mentioned, if you didn't listen to the last show, we we was chatting um, a little bit about tough and how for me, I think the kind of the excitement around it and and it's not there for me anymore. I, I got a little bored of it. Um, a few of the seasons just didn't really pull me in. Um, and I know that you've sort of persevered a bit more, Blake, but I, I think this, if you want to start, you know, rebranding that show and, you know, getting an audience back, well, you've just hit the jackpot, haven't you? Because who 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 could you put in that house that's going to be more interesting than Conor McGregor? No one. Like, and and, and nobody... Is, even if he's not interested in it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If Conor comes in there like the Conor that he was in the second Dustin Poirier fight in the lead up to that or, or the Donald Cerrone fight where he's very mm. respectful, very nice. Michael Chandler's going to be respectful. We spoke very highly of Conor ever since he's entered the UFC. Um, even if it's not that interesting and they're actually getting on okay and it's actually kind of dull, people will still watch the hell out of it because it's Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor posts a picture of himself holding a knife and fork looking at his watch and it'll get like a million likes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that we're going to actually get to see him, you know, a fly on the wall sort of season of, of, of you know, a documentary season following him and, and, and exciting young fighters that are going to be, you know, testosterone through the years. It's going to be, it, it's going to have fireworks. And, and the production company and the people at Tough are not stupid. They're going to definitely ensure that there's things there that are going to be implemented to make sure that it's not a bore fest. Do you know what I mean? You would hope. You would hope so. Absolutely. So, yeah. Shall we move on to the reason that we were initially going to do this episode, which is UFC 284? Yes. Yes. How Now, how do you feel about the card itself? Because I, I to me, this feels like a boxing card. It feels like... Um, <clears throat> Yeah. I'm super excited about the main event. Mm -hmm. The co-main is sure. And then the rest of the card, I'm like, there's one fight on the card that I'm sort of looking forward to because I'm a fan of both fighters, but it's not like really getting the blood pumping type thing. It feel, feels like a boxing card to me. Like a lot of people could be watching this just waiting for the main event. How do you feel yeah. about the card overall? Uh, I, I completely agree with you. Completely. It's like, I was sort of looking at, uh, at prepping today, and it was like, okay, so let's have a, hmm, oh, okay, and then you, the, the, you just keep moving down, and it's even when it gets to like the, you know, we, we've got obviously Volk, and then we've got um, Yair as the, um, uh, as as the as the co-main, or, or I suppose is it a co-main, maybe? Yeah, the co-main uh, of the Emmett and Yair, yeah. Uh, and then it just moves down to fights that are, yeah, they're, they're pretty good, but they're not, just looking down the card, there's nobody else in the top 10 on that card. Um, and when you think of the gravitas of what we're going to see for the main event, 
Like that's it, it's quite weird. But then I guess they're just showcasing a lot of Australian fighters. You know, the cards in Perth. We should bring. You know, yeah. we should make a point of that. And when you look yeah. at, <clears throat> but even when. Just looking at the London card, is are we, is that the same? But we're just more passionate because it's all the UK fighters on there. Are, are Australians as, as 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 excited? The reason I would say the London card was was better, like the the previous London cards. I I, I can't see exactly who's on the the upcoming London card, but the the this is a pay per view, and those other cards were just fight night cards. Those That's fights important. had two. Huge heavyweights in Aspinall and Blades that could be fighting for belts, both of them, one day, very, very soon as well. Obviously, the, mm-hmm. the, the fight didn't go the way we wanted. Tom hurt his knee. But um, then you've got superstar like Paddy Pimblett. Mm-hmm. His partner in crime in Molly McCann, who people also really mm-hmm. love. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else was on those cards. But then you've got people that hardcores will know that people like Jack Shaw, for example, are really good fighters. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. Ilya Taporia was on that card. He's going to fight for a belt one day, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do think that those cards were maybe overall slightly better. I know that Matthew Falk carries the burden of this card massively. Because but when even you... the co-main shouldn't really be an interim belt, which we'll, we'll get onto when we talk about the lack of Arnold Allen in that fight. But... I'm also looking ahead to UFC 285, the pay-per-view that comes after 284. John Jones, Cyril Garn, Valentina Shevchenko defending her belt against Alexa Grasso. Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker. That's going to be a great fight. Jeff Neal, Shavkat Rachmanov. Great fight. Bo Nichols on the card. He's one of the, if not the most highly touted prospect in the UFC or in all of MMA at the moment. Derek Brunson, Drickus Duplessis. For those of us that are British and Irish, Ian Gary's on the card as well. Mm. Like Cody Garbrandt's on the card. This, it, Who's Garbrandt fighting? Garbrandt is fighting Julio, uh, Julio Arsa. Um, and then you've got uh, Viviana Arujo versus Amanda Hebas. That's ranked flyweight fight. I mean, I know that like this, there's just a lot more on that card. I go, oh my God, Shavkat's fighting. Drickers Duplessis versus Derek Brunson. That's 10 against 5. Brunson's ranked 5th. Bo Nickel, as I said, like the, you, you've got fights on that card that you go, wow. And then on top of it all, you've got the return of John Jones versus Cyril Garn. Yeah. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What a card! I, and and you're right. It's like a boxing card. It's a it's a pay per view, and you basically this one. You, yeah, you're yeah. paying for this purely for Makachev Folk. Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's t- taking feel, nothing yeah. away from your ear and Josh Emmett. But th- th- if you're going to pay, you're not paying for anything other than that. That and I'm, uh, your ear and Josh will be a great fight. But I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I no, think it, they, they could have loaded that card a little bit heavier. I think. I think they could have done and they should have done, um, but this is where we're at. But let's let's try and get positive now then. 
because mm. we've had our little moan about the card as, a, as overall as a whole. Yeah. And let's focus on the fact that I can't remember the last time, if this has ever happened, I'm not sure, the number one pound for pound in the world is taking on the number two pound for pound in the world. I mean, that is something to get excited about. Yeah, boy. Um, Volk hasn't been beaten for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Which is an amazing run. That's a huge stat. That means a hell of a lot. But has he ever in those 10 years for anyone like Islam Makhachev? And I went through his kind of like the topology page and all that stuff and just looking at it. And there's no one. There is no one. But that question worked the other way around. I think it does a little bit, but not to the same extent. I think there's. I think has Makachev seen someone that's as good an all rounder as Volk? Probably not. But has definitely he seen, not. No, all right, definitely not. But has he seen good strikers? Yeah, yeah, probably. Has he seen people with good cardio? Yes. Has he seen people with good takedown defense? Yes. I I think Volk is the one that has to make up the most ground during this training camp in terms of going, well, Makachev has a superpower, which is his takedowns and his grappling. Like that, that is the superpower that we need to get, find the kryptonite for. And you need to find that kryptonite in just a matter of weeks or whatever it is, a couple of months. Are you overplaying this? I don't think so. I think that, What's what would Volk's superpower be? He's just a great, great all rounder. He's absolutely fantastic. He does have phenomenal striking and fantastic cardio. But does that beat what Makachev's ability is? I don't. I, I don't think, know. I, go on. I think Volk was was he the Australian wrestling champ? And I and and, and I think it's probably safe to say that Australian wrestling. And I'm generalising. I don't. He's probably not at the level that what we see coming from Dagestan. Like, I, I think, think you can take the probably out. Right. It's, okay. Let, let's, okay. Let's, let, yeah, there's there's levels to this. And look, is Volk a good wrestler? Hundred percent, he's a good wrestler. Mm. Is he a Dagestani combat sambo champion, Islam Makachev level wrestler? Not to mention the fact that he's going to be much smaller than him. No. And look, I'm cheering Volk on. Former I guest of the show, Volk. Former guest of the show is Anna Volkanovsky. Please go and check out that episode. Um, I want Volk to win. Mm. I think Volk is a top bloke. I think he's got phenomenal skills. His last performance against Max Holloway was extraordinary. Um, and I really, really, really want him to win. But if I look at this objectively, the favourite is going to be Islam Makachev. And that is going to be because of the size and what I think will be a large grappling advantage. Hmm. I mean, we've seen, <clears throat> we've seen Alexander Volkanovsky with arms around his neck by some of the greatest tacticians in the sport. And, yeah. you know, twice with Ortega. Uh, and, and Ortega's somebody you don't want on your back, right? And, 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 and we saw remarkable fucking stuff from him which which i i think i'm not i'm not buying into this like makachev's this like got this superpower and he's unbeatable i he but he's beatable of course he's, he's a human being and like and I, I don't i'm not getting caught up in this like no one's gonna beat him like do you how do you see you, you spoke about how good volk was against max <clears throat> if it was max versus islam how would you see that Islam would smush him easier than he would smush Volk. Wow. Wow. Okay. The, other, the other thing with Volk, Volk being smaller means that I think if, he got, if it gets to the ground, he's going to have such a tough time getting up to his feet. But I hope he does it. I hope he does it. But I think the sprawls and stuff, because he's smaller, Max would get taken down way easier because he's taller. Mm. And he's just, he's not going to be, like, Max has got great takedown defence, but he's not mm. got takedown defence against this level of, of wrestling, I, I don't but, think. But you're, 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 you're viewing this fight that, in, in a kind of viewpoint that 
everybody's on the back foot just trying to avoid being taken down by Islam Makachev. It's like, hang on a minute, Volkanovsky's got a lot to offer. And and he's, you know, Islam Makachev's going to be very mindful. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's, he's, he's got heavy hands. He's got, as you said, the cardio is impressive. He doesn't have heavy hands, really. I'm telling though. you, mate. I'm Who telling does he you. Knock out? All right, when was the last time Volk knocked someone out? Fair point. Fair point. So that's, and he's fighting featherweights. Mm. Islam is not a featherweight, he's mm. a lightweight. And again, like, I'm saying all this because I'm trying to be in the, as objective as possible. Mm. But my heart wants Volk. All day how, long, my heart. How do you Volk. see if, if Volk wins? How does he win? If Volk wins, how does he win? Volk is somehow. I I think Volk. If Volk were to win, I think. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I don't think he's got that one shot knockout power. I think to beat Islam. You need to be someone with that one-shot knockout power and just land it. There's an element of luck to it. But in terms of someone like Volk, I think it would have to be a decision win. He'd Volk, I tell you, Volk would have to show an, a, a level of takedown defence and ability to get to his feet that we've never seen before. That's what I think we'd have to get from Volk. And what that does is it tires Makachev out and maybe even if Volk loses the first two rounds because Makachev's all over him, but Volk is just wearing him out by getting back to his feet or something, I don't know. And Because Volk's probably got way better cardio than Makachev. Mm. So if Volk can, can be surviving into the third round and Makachev's like, Jesus, I've, I've burnt my arms out going for that guillotine or that rear naked choke and he didn't tap and I'm really tired now. All of a sudden, we could see Volk go, oh, your takedowns are getting sloppy. I can sprawl way easier, keep this on the feet, and then I can dance around you, use my speed, use that movement, and start picking you apart on the feet, and then I can win the last three rounds on points by doing that. But to do that is going to be so tough. I, I, yeah, I can, I can see Islam dominating and, and just kind of, being on top of him throughout mm. large, large portions of this fight. Oh, it's so Volk boring. Hates. It's so yeah. boring. <laughs> Just, like, who wants that in a champ? It's boring. Like, you want to see Volk Max. You want to see fights like that. You, you want to see Volk Ortega. You don't want to see this. This. Oh, it bores me. It, it really bores me, mate. Like, just watching, like, Makachev, I, I, I just don't find it exciting. And and I understand it's so effective, but it doesn't make it exciting. Um, I agree to a point. And uh, also look I at think who... If we, were, if we were more versed in the grappling and knowledge of it, we'd probably find it more exciting and more It's not grappling, though. It's MMA. And and, and I'm sure it, it is the, the, the elite level in, in grappling. Yeah. But I find it boring. It's just me. I'm sure loads of people love it. But I tell you what, I've I've got newfound respect for anyone that's caught in a guillotine, particularly when Volkanovski was caught in uh, Brian Ortega's guillotine. Because yeah. I've been doing a few MMA sessions recently, yeah, and we were doing guillotine escapes, yeah. And oh my god, I felt like I needed to see a chiropractor the day afterwards. My neck was <laughs> absolutely killing me because I'm training with a guy that's like he's only probably, he's probably about five eight five nine, but he is like the complete opposite body type to me. Everything is muscular. Yeah. yeah, like he's got like we're nicknaming him T Rex because he's just got, but he's just like absolutely stacked, but like short and, and tiny arms. Um, t- t- well, ma- the width of his arms are huge, um, <laughs> but it's like the complete opposite body type to me. And my scrawny little neck with his biceps around it, I'm just like, oh my god, this hurts so much. And yeah. I'm trying to like turn my head in, get the thing, pop my head out, push him away, and it's just absolutely wrecking my neck. And I'm thinking to myself. How the fuck did Volkanovski stay in Brian Ortega's guillotine for that long and just not tap? It's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because he is incredible and he will get the win on Saturday, 100%. You're going, so you're going for Volk? Yeah, completely. Like He's going to beat him. And, and I think... I, I just look at the experience that... Um, 
that Makachev's had, right? Yes, he, he got a very impressive win over uh, Oliveira, right? Yeah. Before that, Bobby Green, right? Yeah, Grand and Pam, round one. Mm. Bobby Green. We love Bobby Green, but he's not an Alexander Volkanovsky. A win over Dan Hooker. Again, former guest of the show, Dan Hooker. Lovely dude. Dan Hooker is not a Volkanovsky by any means. No. And the rest of the people, Drew Dober, um, Chago and that, they, they, you know, they, these aren't the level of competition. Apart from Charles Oliveira, I don't think Makachev for anybody, like in anybody close to what Volk's got. Yes, it's a different weight. But when you look at the experience of five-round fights that Volk's had against competition like, you know, Max twice, Jose... Like, just fucking legends. Like, yes, there's le- le- you're, you're right on the level of competition. But what about stylistic? Stylistically, he's never <laughs> fought anyone like Do you know what? I've just pulled up uh, a, a, a picture of, uh, of, of, of Volk. He <laughs> doesn't look small. <laughs> I mean, and look, they try. They, if you've watched the countdown episode that they did, they're really oh. trying to play off the fact that the size is not going to matter because Volk used to play prop in rugby league where all the big boys yeah. were, and you see him smashing through all these massive guys and training. Even he's he's had fights at middleweight before in his early career mm. and stuff like that. So I get it, I get it, but I just think it's the stylistic nature. Like, could Volk be? Maybe could Falk fight a Michael Chandler or fight a Dustin Poirier or fight a, you know, anyone else in that kind of division and still do well? Absolutely, because he's so good. He's the pound for pound number one in the world at the moment. Hmm. But that that Dagestani grappling and wrestling, I just don't think anyone's got an answer to it at the moment. And and that's yeah. that's how I see that fight going. But the thing is, Falk's kind of got nothing to lose. If Volk mm. wins, he's an absolute hero, and people will start saying, "This guy's got to be seen as one of the best to ever do it." Mm-hmm. Because to go up and beat Islam when everyone's saying like what I'm saying about Islam now, mm. you know that is that would be unbelievable, and he's got to be one of the best in the world if mm. that happens. Um, uh, but if he loses, he goes back to being the featherweight champion. And he gets to fight the winner of the next fight coming up, Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. And I can't see either of those guys troubling Volkanovski. No, no chance. So, as far as I'm concerned, he's, he's sort of... He's got nothing to lose. If he wins, he's an absolute hero. If he loses, people go, well, yeah, mate, it's, it's a weight above and it's Islam Makachev. You lose your number one pound for pound in the world mm. status, but he's still probably number two pound for pound in the world. He's got the weight on you. It's stylistic. Go back to featherweight and smash it down there like you always have been. Mm. Um, and I think he will continue to do that for a little bit. You keep saying things like, yeah, but it's Islam Makachev. And it's like, I don't think Makachev's done enough to, to solidify that kind of prestige yet. Yes, he's a champ. Yes, he's done nothing wrong yet. But I don't think people should be talking about him like that. Well, yeah, but he's, you know, he's, he's Islam Makachev. It's like, well... Well, let, let's see him like defend his belt against like everybody that he needs to in that division, and then and then all of a sudden we can start throwing the kind of praise on him that that you know people like Alexander Volkanovsky have earned. Like, yeah, I don't, I'm not having this untouchable, unbeatable thing yet. I don't think he's done enough to prove that. No, no. <laughs> well, the one one interesting thing is that Khabib's not going to be in his corner. Yeah. Uh, Khabib has kind of said he's not going to like coach and do stuff anymore. So Islam is going to be in his first fight without Khabib in his corner, which mm. uh, I can't imagine actually going to make any blind bit of difference. But maybe it will. You never. Know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's it, it, it's a, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? When you know they they seem like the the Dagestani wrestling gang. That you know they you know they look like a tight little unit, don't they? And I, and I think if you're getting in the octagon and, you know, opposite you is is Makachev and then literally leaning over his head, he's Khabib. It's like, fuck's sake. Like, you know, it's got to be a little intimidating. (coughs) It'd um, probably be nicer for Volk than problematic for... um... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. For Islam, I'd guess. But Volk's featherweight title defence mm. will come against the winner of the interim featherweight title fight on this card, Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. Versus who? Feelings. Josh Emmett. Who? A former guest of the show, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Josh Emmett. Please go and check out our episode with former guest of the show, Josh Emmett. Come on. It's actually great, though. He told us about saving a guy's life. and uh, Absolute yeah, dude. Was, I, I really like Josh. And yeah. that's, again, Hart is saying, I really want Josh to win this fight. And I think he could do. Mm. Uh, but what are your thoughts and feelings on the fight in general? It's a great fight. It's not the fight we want. Um, you know, we, we uh, Arnold Allen should be very much part of this interim situation. And uh, um, should we just, could we just sort of segue into that quickly? Because it, since we've last... Arnold. Yeah, because it, it, since we last spoke, uh, we, we, we're still trying to rearrange a, a chat with Arnold, actually. Um, but it's, it's, it's been announced that he's fighting Max Holloway. And yeah. so what does this do? Because I, I think this is... What would you think would have been better for Arnold Allen to fight for the interim against Yair or Josh on the undercard of this? Or do you think Arnold Max, I mean, is that a headline fight? It's got to be. It is, but it's still better to do the interim because you get a belt around your waist and then you're fighting for the, you're fighting the champ. This is, that's why I've never been a fan of this fight. As, as in a microcosm, chasm, microcosm, I don't know. Um, Chasm. Uh, I'm not trusting you. You were the one that said choking at the bit a few episodes ago. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, in, um, as a spectacle in its own little world, Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen is an absolutely cracking fight. We're going to yeah. get something really, really special. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to headline a fight night in April. Fantastic. Well done. But the the kind of long-term thinking and the overall picture of that fight is you're taking a guy on a 10-fight win streak and putting him up against a guy that is seen to everyone as the second best in that division, probably by a long way. Yeah. And that second best in the division will not be fighting for the belt again whilst Alexander Volkanovsky is the champion because he's lost to him three times. Mm-hmm. So what is the frigging point of this fight? All you're doing is potentially derailing a guy that should have fought for the belt freaking ages ago. And right. then you set up Josh Emmett and Yair Rodriguez. And I'll get into Yair Rodriguez's record in a minute. And don't get me wrong, Yair is an exceptional, fun fighter. Mm. But does he deserve to fight for the belt with three, two, and one record in his last six fights over yeah. Arnold Allen, who's on a 10 fight win streak? Absolutely not. It's, it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Josh Emmett, also not on as big a win streak as Arnold Allen. Has he fought maybe slightly bigger names and won? Yeah, maybe. But Arnold Allen still deserves it over him as well. It should, in my opinion, it should be Josh Emmett against Arnold Allen. Right. So, but there you go. Do you think Josh versus Arnold are two ultimately quiet men of the division? Do you think that they didn't think that was a sellable fight? That the fact that they're both quiet guys and they both don't really, you know, it there's no. Matter. 
it's a co-main. It doesn't I suppose. Matter. It's got, it's I got suppose. I'm just it. trying to it's think too of big where. Fight, and it's um uh, it's, it's headlined by Makachev Volkanovski. So I, I don't it, understand it, it, the thinking here. behind making that fight. That's all. It makes no sense to me. And I well, mean, I think they like Yair because he's fun. He, he, he's got a good highlight reel. He's fun. Yeah. He's got that ridiculous, like one of my favourite KOs of all time yeah. uh, against Korean Zombie. Mm. He's got flashy KOs. He's an Ultimate Fighter alumni. You know, all of those things that, that go in your favour with this stuff. But I mean, his last win was when Ortega got his dodgy shoulder injury. And I know Arnold Allen's last win was when Cater got his bad knee injury, but he was on a nine-fight win streak when he got that. Mm. So... Like Ortega hurting his shoulder, that's his last fight. Before that, he lost to Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez. Then be- before that, he beat Jeremy Stevens and he beat Zombie in that fight I mentioned, which he was losing until mm. the final second of the fight where he threw that amazing upward elbow. Yeah. But he was losing that fight to Korean yeah. Zombie. And before that, he lost to Frankie Edgar. Mm. It's not like he's active either. I mean, we people complain about Arnold Allen's not active. He only fights once a year. Yair Rodriguez only fights once a year. It's like, it really, yeah, it's, it's wound me up. <laughs> well, like, <clears throat> I know when we spoke about what we thought was next for Arnold, <clears throat> uh, before we knew that, that the Max thing was going to happen, we did speculate about that. Um, we, we, we thought maybe, like, the, the name, the Korean Zombie's name had been thrown around in the mix quite a lot. Um, and you had a worry that they were going to um, offer him yeah. uh, to Poirier. Uh, yeah. which is, you know, and, and because we know that Arnold seems to just be this, the, the, I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be, he's a really lovely fella, but he seems to be the, you know, somebody that's, oh, you know, I'll, I'll fight whoever they, you know, offer me. And, and you know, we've seen that with him, we've seen that with Dariush, and, and, I, and I think it's good that he's going to get this fight with Max, and I think it's going to, the world is going to know Arnold Allen is. And I'm not suggesting that, that the MMA community doesn't, but I think this takes him to a new level, a level that he, would, he wouldn't get by fighting Josh Emmett or Yair Rodriguez. And, and, I, and I'm I, I really agree. excited. And I think it's a winnable fight for Arnold Allen. I think it could be a winnable fight for Arnold Allen. I think Arnold Allen in, in the world scene is very underrated. I think we mm-hmm. know how good Arnold is. He can crack really hard. And he's got great footwork. He's got good striking. He's very strong. Footwork's um, impressive. It's fast. It's so fast. Yeah. You look at what so, he done to, like when when he stormed across that fucking octagon. His feet were so quick. And then you look at and it was his footwork that was the reason that Calvin Cater's fucking knee went. It was his footwork. It was his movement. Like the way that he threw and got out of the way. It was like, yeah, no, Arnold Allen. I think he's going to beat Max Holloway. I, look, I think I'm going to pick Arnold to beat Max because I'm a, I'm a real believer in Arnold Allen and Max's chin has got to go at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I think I'm going to pick Arnold. I'm a slightly biased as well. I love Arnold. But the UFC have put themselves in a weird position with this one as well, though, because, like, let's say we're right. Arnold Allen beats Max Holloway. Mm. Oh, my God. Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen beat Max Holloway. That's amazing. Surely he's fighting for the belt next. Oh, sorry. No, he, he, he can't because... Yair Rodriguez, someone, he's... Uh, oh, yeah. Rodriguez just beat Josh Emmett. Or jo- Josh Emmett's got a fight because he's the interim champ. Oh, oh no. Because that fight over there that was the co-main event in Perth, people were a bit like, yeah, sure, but whatever. Arnold Allen, two months later, has absolutely smashed Max Holloway, which has got the whole world talking about Arnold Allen. But he's not going to fight for the belt. So what does Arnold Allen do? Wait around for a year so that Volk recovers from Islam Makachev, fights uh, Josh Emmett or something in six, seven months' time. That's a good point. And then Mm. Arnold Allen's got to wait another six months or whatever to then fight Volkanovski after that. Like, it's just just not... I just don't think it's been good matchmaking. I don't think it's been good. You know, and and I don't think it's just us. When that... Uh, fire and, and I think Josh Emmett deserves to be in that interim mix, uh, but he should have been against Arnold Allen. I, I, I think that's the fight that is the fair fight that makes the most sense. Um, but as we said, like Yair is three, two, and one, 
Josh yeah. Emmett's on a five-fight win streak, and he's fought some relevant guys like like Shane Burgos. Mm. I know he's in the PFL now, but he, it wasn't the UFC released him. The mm. UFC loved him, and he went for more money because he was on a final fight with his contract. Even Dana White said we messed up there with mm. Shane Burgos. Uh, Dan Ige, always a good fighter. Dan mm. Ige, always doing well. He's he's always ranked in the top fifteen there or thereabouts. Calvin Cater as well. He had that split decision against Calvin Cater. Now a lot of people scored it for Calvin. I think mm. I scored it for Josh. It was a close fight, but it, Calvin Cater is a really good fighter, and he had a really close fight with him. Like, Josh deserves to be there. It's the idea that I go, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it, it, I completely agree with you. And well, let's, how do you see this fight going? I think it could be one of those weird types of fights that we see, where you've got um, a guy in Yair Rodriguez landing a lot. Throwing some fun stuff, landing a lot. But Josh Emmett just hits him with a couple of huge hooks or something like that. And then the judges have got that really difficult decision to make. What do you think was the most damaging? The accumulation of Mm. shots from Yair or the big shots from Josh Emmett? And that's where I think we could end up seeing some kind of controversial split decision in this. Which maybe, Mm. maybe if it's controversial. God, imagine if it's a draw. Imagine if it's a draw and then Arnold Allen goes and beat Max Holloway and then he's like, oh, fuck it. You've got to do Arnold Volkanovski now. That, yeah. That's what I, that's actually, I'm putting it now. That's what I want. I want a draw between Josh Emmett oh, and Jair absolute bore fest. An absolute no, no, bore fest. No, a really exciting draw. <laughs> an exciting one. You're like, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, one of those really exciting draws and then Arnold Allen goes out and smokes Max Holloway and then... That's it. You've got to do Arnold Allen versus Volkanovski for the featherweight strap. Absolutely. That's what I, that's what I want. <laughs> Sorry uh, to I, Josh I, Emmett. I do love Josh. I really love Josh Emmett as well. He's yeah. like built a little house for his mum, like in the grounds of his own house. Like he's, it seems like the loveliest man. I, I don't and think I anybody's see him do well. But I nobody's just, I questioning. Do well more. Nobody's questioning Josh Emmett's uh, spot in in that interim championship. He deserves that. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> so we're, we're fast approaching the hour, and uh, and and I know um, we've got some other fights. Randy Brown versus, and I know you like to say his name, Jack Della Maddalena. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a great fight, <clears throat> Randy Brown. Yeah. Um, he, he's always exciting to watch, and I, I, I think the atmosphere in there's going to be uh, ridiculous. Is it the first time the UFC's been to Perth? Normally it's I Sydney no or, or, or Brisbane. I don't know if it's if it's been to Perth before, um, <clears throat> and so it's going to be it's going to be raucous in there. Like you know, the, the Aussies love their UFC, and it's it's it's, it's no secret that they they like a uh, they like a shoey. <clears throat> so it's going to be a, a, a raucous affair. So I think when you you've, you've got people like uh, Madalena uh, and and. Underneath him, like uh, Justin Taffer and that, all making their way into the uh, octagon. It's going to be party time. I think it's really exciting. Um, I presume there's going to be some some Aussie legends cage side. I'd, I'd be surprised if uh, we didn't see uh, some of the sort of big names that are not on this card sitting there. Um, firing and Mark up. Hunt just getting on it. <laughs> oh, mate! I don't think I don't think we're going to see Mark Hunt uh, anywhere near a UFC oh, octagon at the true, moment, yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> which is a shame. Which is a shame. Awkward. But uh, but yeah, we, 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 we're going to see uh, Ty there uh, with a multitude of different boots and shoes, just uh, yeah. <clears throat> putting away some some lager. Right. Um, um, well, yeah. I mean, look. Uh, speaking of Ty uh, Tuivasa, his uh, brother-in-law, I believe it is, uh, Tyson Pedro is on the card, fighting a returning Modestus Bukakis, who uh, is Lithuanian-British. He uh, won the cage war. He was in the UFC, got that horrible injury against Khalil Roundtree, and then... Um, and then went back to Cage Warriors and got two wins in Cage Warriors, including the light heavyweight belt, I believe. And then... Uh, He's now back, back in the UFC. So I think that could be a fun fight. Tyson Pedro had a four-year layoff, but has come back to the UFC, has, has got put two wins together. And Modestus is back as well. So I have no idea how that fight will go, but I think that'll be interesting. And going back to Jack Della Maddalena, 
and uh, Randy Brown. I'm really excited for that. I'm a big fan of both of these guys. I think I think Randy Brown's got a really fun, kind of relaxed striking style, whereas Jack has got more kind of really crisp boxing. And I think mm. I think what will happen is Randy Brown will want to do this at a slower pace, and Jack won't let him. And uh, Jack Della Maddalena will uh, come out with a win. Uh, because he's going to put so much pressure on him. I think he's just going to push forward, pressure, pressure, pressure. And his hands are so crisp, man. He's yeah. got some really great boxing, and I think he'll do well uh, there. Have you got any fights you particularly want to talk about on the rest of this uh, main not, card or prelims or anything? Not especially. Like um, Obviously, we mentioned Justin Taffer like, um, you know, fighting a great name, Parker Porter. Um, yeah. uh, uh, heavyweight Jimmy Crute. Um, he's fighting um, Alonzo Minifield at light heavyweight. Light heavyweight. Yeah. Um, I, I know Crute's got a win over. Um, uh, oh God, Modestas. Say the second name for me. Bukakis. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, Jimmy Crute knocked him out in the first round, I believe, um, a few years back. Uh, yeah, Tyson Pedro. Uh, always exciting to watch. Um, Jamie Malarkey's on the card as well, about yeah. a bit further down at 155. Yeah, nothing, nothing that, you know, to go full circle back to us, you know, what we said at the beginning, it's, it, it, it's very top heavy, this, this card, you know, the, the, the top two fights are, are what they're selling it on and, and, and the rest of the card is, He's, he's not as loaded yeah. as what we've we've been spoiled of recent, and yeah. uh, and it feels that like this one's a little bit lighter on the on the big names. Uh, I'm not suggesting they're not going to be big fights, but yeah. we, it's not got that huge wow factor. But it's all about the main fight, right? I mean, we're going to see yes. something. We're going to see something good, and and I hope we see something that isn't <clears throat> a Makachev just mauling. And and it not being very exciting to watch, um, but he's got his hands full. And like I say, I see Volk winning, and I see Volk stopping him. Don't know how, but it's not going the distance. And if you, I mention it every week, so it still blows my mind. If you haven't listened to it yet, please go and listen to our um, predictions episode where we predict who's going to be champs by the end of 2023. Stu had a lot to say about the lightweight belt. And it starts with Volkanovski beating Makachev. And I'm not going to spoil it for you. Please, if you haven't listened to it yet, go and listen to our predictions episode for who's going to be champs at the end of 2023. There's some absolute corkers in there from Stu Whiffin. None more so than what he believed. The journey that the lightweight belt is going to go on this year, according to Stu Whiffin, is something something magical. It's like Lord of the Rings-esque. I mean, what the hell is going to happen? So, um, yeah, please go and listen to that. Mine was a lot simpler. The belt is going to stay in Dagestan. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, look. We've, uh, um, we've done it. We have, mate. And uh, and we should say as well, um, if you've not checked out, if this is your first time listening or you've just listened to a couple of episodes of recent, thanks. Uh, welcome to the... Welcome to the party. Um, you, you, you're late. You've missed a lot of a lot of shows so far. Um, you've missed us talking to uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, Josh Emmett, uh, Dan Hooker. Um, I mean, they're, they're they're just some that we've mentioned uh, today. But you know, if you if you like your Brit fighters, then you can hear us talking to a couple of episodes with with Paddy, couple with Molly, uh, Tom Aspinall, Lerone Murphy. You know, legends like Dan Hooker. Uh, sorry, um, uh, Dan Hardy. And Brad Pickett, uh, the third man in the octagon. Um, great chat with Mark Goddard. Um, yeah, Michael Bispin. Um, and then yeah, we've had we've had some real. We've been so blessed and so lucky to have, have have had some great chats. And hopefully, we're gonna have Arnold on um, in the next couple of weeks, leading up to his fight against Max. Um, but we've had a nice long form conversation with Arnold as well. He's been, already been on a couple of times. So go check out that. And, and we always say it, but if you, you see some guests that have been on twice, always go for the first episode first, because that's the one where we have the long form conversation, talking about their journey and talking about their career and their mindset. And I'm really kind of sort of, you know, having a peek behind the curtain of, of, of what goes on, you know, in their lives. It's, uh, 
you know, there, there's a lot to be enjoyed in the back catalogue. So, um, so go check that out. And the main thing I would suggest as well is to subscribe because it's just, you can subscribe or you can follow on, on Spotify and them things really help. It kind of helps if not that I know anything about algorithms, but it, it you know, the more, the more followers that, that we get that subscribe and stuff like that, it really does help. And it means that you haven't got to worry about missing anything. It just pops up on your, on your listening device. Um, and while you're over there subscribing, if you want to leave a comment, that also really helps as well. Uh, we're on all the social media platforms. Go give us a follow. We try and keep the content uh, moving daily on there. So, uh, yeah, come and get involved. And uh, I need to take a breath, Blake. You do. Well done, though. That was a nice little end there. You've got all the, all the bits and bobs in that you needed to. <laughs> all that's left to say is uh, bye, guys, and we will catch you next time for Post 284 when we talk about what is eventually going to go down this weekend. Oh, it's my wife's birthday this weekend as well, so I'm going to be away and I'm going to have to try and watch this fight whilst it's like her birthday. So wish Very, me luck, very selfish of her. Very wish selfish me luck. of her. I know, it's very selfish of her. How dare she be born, <laughs> you know... <laughs> I look forward to finding out where you watch it. I'm just picturing you like, just hiding in a like, little hotel toilet, just watching it on yeah. your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I've been heard oh. She's like, are you all right? You've been in that toilet for an hour. Yeah, God. <laughs> Must have been something wrong with dinner. <laughs> oh, God. That cheesecake we ate is going right through. <laughs> right. We're back next time. See you See soon. See you later, guys.